Welcome to Walking Free, everybody. Uh, this is Evan Booyaker, and today on the show we have Stephen Chavez. Um, he's a he's a member at the local church, and he's here to talk about some uh, issues that he sees important in the church. Uh, how are you doing today, Stephen? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I know you're pretty close by, so it's it's a little cool out, but at least it's sunny. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, so Stephen, uh, how old are you? I am 21 years old. All right, you're 21, and what are some things you enjoy doing? I enjoy hiking the outdoors. I enjoy making just about anything with my hands. I woodwork. I blacksmith. Um, I enjoy photography. Uh, I enjoy video editing and graphic design as well. Uh, yeah, I remember the, uh, the uh, graphic you showed me on... Uh for your YouTube channel that you're going to start. Uh, I liked that that graphic. It was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Lots of fun. Yeah, it was. Well, um, okay. Um, so what's what's one thing you like about God, Stephen? I think the most... The, the thing I like most about God and my religion in general is just that it gives me a rock to stand on. And I think that's so important, especially in, in today's world. It's It's the only thing really that is solid in my life. Yeah, I, I can resonate with that. That's, uh, I mean, we'd be floating around in, in the ocean if, if we didn't have our rock. It's very true. Yeah. All right. Um, so, you know, we're here to talk about some issues in the church right now, and uh, you have a perspective on some of them. So what are some of the issues that you see in the church? So I think the biggest concern that I have right now is I'm seeing... Um, some things trying kind of sneaking in, especially within the education systems, and that is postmodernism and nihilism. And so let's talk about the differences between those two. And uh, postmodernism is, you know, an idea that there is no real truth to anything, and that we are we are beyond the the point of modernism, and that we have we're kind of just floating around out there, and there's there's nothing nothing is really true. You just you have an idea, but somebody else's idea might be just as valid as yours, and neither of those two ideas are true. Um, and I think that's very anti-biblical, and I think a lot of people agree with that. However, we're still seeing aspects of that being pushed into our, our school system. And then we have nihilism, which is essentially the uh, the watered... not I wouldn't say watered down. It's uh, the um, more pure version of postmodernism and I think that's what really is at the core of postmodernism is nihilism which is the idea that nothing matters at all there is no such thing as god existence doesn't even matter there's no good there's no evil you just are so you're just existing and that's it that's basically it yes wow you know I I ran into some, well, I was talking with someone the other day, and they were expressing this idea of uh, postmodernism, uh, not calling it postmodernism, but they were saying, hey, well, you know, uh, the different denominations in the churches, it's just kind of, you know, you pick where you fit in, and, and that's what's good for you. And I, that you're exactly describing what they were, but just uh, using different terminology. Yeah, yeah. Some people will use uh, terminology such as uh, we exist on on a spectrum and everything is on a spectrum, whether it be gender, whether it be race, whether it be religion, whether it be anything, everything is on a spectrum. And I I guess that can be true in very certain 
instances, but there are some things that are solid and have to be solid in order for for humans to be civilized, for us to be able to exist as a people, and for us to be able to have a relationship with God, at least one that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Um, And you you mentioned uh, postmodernism and nihilism. So these are issues that you see. Why are these issues important to you? Um, going to college, I, I went to a, a community college a couple of years ago, and um, it it was quite a shock. I was raised homeschooled and in a Christian home in an Adventist home, and I, I went to college, and all of a sudden, it, it was just quite a shock. Like I'd, I'd heard things about college and how bad it had become, and this isn't an Adventist college, just to let everybody know. But it was such a, a shock to see all just the people qual- crying and 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 whining for this this nihilism, and and they they argue from a point of of emotion, and they argue from a point of empathy, and I mean, sure, we we do need empathy as Christians. That's that's definitely the case. But there are some things that Christians can't budge on. And that people as a whole should not budge on. And they were questioning every single aspect of existence. Um, all the structures that, that we as, as civilized people, not just Christians, but as a civilized nation hold dear, they question and they say that it's not true and that there is no such thing as truth and that we need to destroy the truth in order to bring about equality for everything. Not just everyone, but every wow. little thing. And I think it really became an important thing to me once I, I, I started having friends come up and tell me that were in Adventist education that were telling me this is becoming how it is in our schools as well. And parents would tell me, uh, I've lost my kid essentially in the Adventist school system or in, the, in an Adventist university because of this. And, and it's, it's eating its way into every little system that we have now. Wow. Um, that, that's disheartening. I mean, because, I mean, our education system is the way we, you know, that's the way we want to prepare people to be in God's kingdom. Exactly. So it's important to you because um, it's affecting your friends and then it's affecting you too. And then, you know, God's kingdom is diminishing. Definitely. Oh. And it, the the problem with tearing down all these structures that have existed for so long is that once once you do that, your society goes into chaos, and then what do you replace it with? And they they don't have an answer. The, these postmodernists, these nihilists, they don't have an answer as to what we replace it with. They they think that we're all just going to be fine, and once we tear everything down, that's going to be the solution. They don't have anything beyond that. There is no hope. Wow. Yeah, so this is also important because it destroys hope and you just end up in a existing state with no real purpose right. or nothing to move towards. Right, and uh, there was a, a man in the early 20th, 20th century. Um, his, man, his name was uh, Aleister Crowley. And I mean, you, I, I'm, I'm sure some people have heard of him. You probably would have heard of him if you went to, to the... If you're in the ministry and, and you know you talk to to kids and stuff about about um, issues oh, okay. in the modern times, I, I've I mean, heard of him. you know, satanic ritual stuff, just sexual prom- promiscuity. His his philosophy was "Do as thou wilt." In other words, do whatever you want. 
And that is the philosophy, basically, of nihilism, is that just mere existence um, is enough. And that there is no need for anything else. And it's it, it leaves you with a vacuum, a vacuum of morals. He, that's a dangerous theology. In fact, that's basically the devil's theology that he was pushing in heaven. Exactly. Uh, before he, yes. he got kicked out. And uh, quick fact, I don't know if you knew this, but... Uh, Alistair Crowley's face has actually, on uh, one of the Beatles albums, uh, Yellow Submarine, his picture's on I it. did. I did know that. Yes. Yeah. So we've probably seen some of the same things uh, about him. But, um, yeah, so, you know, there's that whole doctrine of, you know, do what you want to do. And uh, that's actually at the root of nihilism. And I think that's why a lot of people are suffering from confusion today is because they don't have a beacon, a rock, as you would say, you're, you know, one of the things you like about God. Yeah. They don't have a rock to stand on, so they're just um, in this dark confusion of everything goes. Right. And uh, that's pretty bad. So, you know, these issues are obviously affecting the young people in the church and even the adults. How do you think it's affecting people? I think... Um I saw a statistic that said that the depression rate has gone up like exponentially. It's it's unbelievable the depression rate that's gone up since the 1950s. Um, people people are now without hope, and that's because they have no structure in their lives anymore. We are fed from a very young age, and I, I will say, young men in particular were fed from a very young age since the 60s that they can take whatever they want, and that they can have whatever they want. And that it's okay just to, to do whatever you want because it makes you feel free. So you have all the free sex you want. You have all the, the free alcohol. The, anything you want is out there and you can go and take it. And that you don't have to um, have anything in moderation. And I think that's, that's something that has really destroyed our society. Because there is no... We seek happiness rather than seeking fulfillment. So we seek our own happiness rather than seeking fulfilling things such as... Um, for instance, the family structure is being completely destroyed. So women, instead of being told that mothers are a wonderful thing and that raising children is a wonderful thing, are told that, you know, they, they I'm not saying that women shouldn't get jobs. That's fine. I, I think that they have a definite place in the workforce, but it's motherhood is not held to the same um, pedestal as getting a job nowadays. And I think that's a crisis. Mothers are very important to us. And, and then you have fathers which aren't even encouraged to necessarily even be faithful anymore. You have the open relationship movement where you, you just um, sleep with whoever you want, but you, you're able to still have a family somehow. Um, little, little things like that and, and big things like that are, are detrimental to our society and it's destroying everything. Uh, so you see things falling apart, the family structure, society, the the workplace, uh, morals and families. Absolutely. And, and th the most worrying thing is that now it's seeping into the church as well, which is supposed to be the beacon. We are supposed to be the beacon. Ah. Okay. So, you know, you say this is seeping into the church. And what are some uh, examples you see of it, of it seeping into the church, um, this nihilism and postmodernism? Well, for instance, um, we have the LGBT movement, and we are supposed to love those in sin and seek help for them, which is, you know, 
right? You know, it, it that, that's that's biblical. But then you have little bits of the LGBT movement, the idea that, you know, all these different genders exist and, and gay pride, lesbian pride, all, all of that. Um, you have these activists now trying to get into the, the Adventist universities. And uh, according to new new um, discrimination laws and, and new... Uh, uh, not so much discrimination laws, but n- new uh, uh, ideas that are getting into universities as a whole. Uh, places like Andrews University, places like Loma Linda are being, uh, I won't say forced, but it, it's kind of the faculty, as we elect more and more n- new faculty that are that have some of these outside um, outside of the church ideas, the this LGBT movement has kind of been seeping into the to the college for instance i had a friend tell me you know now if in andrews they can walk around essentially um people who are in a maybe a gay or a lesbian relationship can walk around there open without being feared for a fear of being reprimanded necessarily by uh i think he said yeah fear of being um reprimanded by the faculty so wow i mean before in in universities and Adventist universities, you'd be reprimanded if you had any public display of affection to if it was even if it was between a man and a woman. But now we are seeing we saw that get less and less, right? So you had more open displays of affection between a man and a woman uh, outside of marriage. Slowly get that became the norm. You it, it became maybe kissing, holding hands in public. That was that became the norm now in in. in in Adventist universities. It's more normal to see that now. So now you have, now that you have that promiscuity, that, that open display of affection before marriage, you have that, that has now become the norm. And now you have the lesbian, gay, trans stuff also being displayed publicly on these universities. And now that's becoming the norm. And it's already been the norm on public universities for I don't know, like maybe two, three decades now. For a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably. That's that's been the norm. But now you're seeing that becoming more normal. And then you have um, um, activist groups as well for those communities that are also trying to, um, I'd say, try to at least get some sort of voice in the student body. And so you're having a, a you're seeing a dangerous marriage of these two uh, of of the church which is you know they support the universities but then also the universities who are who are trying to figure out how much uh power they can actually give these um these activist groups and if they can actually give them a voice there are some people who want to give them a voice and they'll argue that we need to be more accepting because that's the only way we can bring them to christ which I'd agree that we do need to be accepting to, to an extent, but some of these people that have, some of the statements that have been made are, are biblically unfact, like they're biblically, biblically wrong. You can't, you can't do what they've been saying. Yeah. So. Yeah, you know, I've, uh, I know what you're talking about because when I was in school. Um, yeah, you went there, right? You went to Andrews. Yeah, to Andrews within the, uh, uh, within the the newspaper, that kind of department, yeah. 
there were some people who were, were openly homosexual who were having a voice in there and directing the editing and, and just having some kind of influence. So I, you are right when you're saying that uh, they're seeking positions to, to have more influence and push their agenda. It, it is true. Um, so that's a real shame. Now, you know, God has appointed us to give the final message to the world. And, you know, uh, as we do this, you know, the, the devil's going to try to uh, distract us in cert- certain ways. And it's nothing new, though. No, definitely Do you have any not. biblical examples of a situation like this in the Bible uh, where there was just things like this happening to God's people? Oh, absolutely. Um, well, you know, we are, I would say we are God's people. Um, we we proclaim to be God's people, at least when we're out in the world. But just like, I would say, just like uh, the story of the Egyptians. You know, they were in Egypt for so long, and we can use our example, or you can use the Babylonian example of the of the Israelites being in, in captured in Babylon. So they were under the enslavement. Let's, let's parallel these two different nations, these ancient nations. So Egypt and Babylon. They were both, both these situations, they were enslaved by... Or, or at least captured or like swallowed up by these nations. And they were influenced greatly by these nations. And I, I'd say that Adventist culture and Christian culture as a whole, because we're not the only ones that are dealing with this. There are other churches outside the Adventist church that are also having to deal with these same issues. We are being influenced by what has become a normative in the outside world, in our public schools, in our universities, in our media, and social media. You're bombarded with all of this constantly. Um, so I would say that the Israelites were also, it, it was the exact same thing for them. Um, uh, so they experienced the same thing, right? In Egypt you had and you had the pagan Being engulfed by ex- a, a pagan exactly. culture. Exactly, they had a they had they were engulfed by a pagan culture, and they were um, definitely influenced by them. And then you saw, for instance, with Moses and the golden calf, they had st- they still had some of that pagan influence. And when times got desperate, rather than turning to God, they decided to turn to the pagan stuff that they had had that they had been influenced by in Egypt. And then, you know, we saw that again after Babylon, even after they were sent back to, to Jerusalem and, and, you know, Nehemiah, re- they rebuilt the wall and everything around, surrounding the city. They, they still, you know, over and over and over again, and then God had to punish them. And then over and over and over again, they would revert to the pagan ways that they had learned in the years before. Yeah, I know one thing they were doing was uh, they were even sacrificing children that got so bad at one point. I mean, it shows you how big of an influence the outside culture can have on people. I mean, I'm sure they believe they were sacrificing the kids to their God. Oh, yeah, Uh, for sure. The Bible doesn't say that, but most likely they're saying, yeah, God wants us to do this. Um, Yeah, I mean, there's definitely – I mean – a lot of these people that push for these these things, they're not pure evil. They're not the embodiment of evil. They're the, the everyday pe- day right. people you hang around with, you know? I'm friends with plenty of these people that want these activists, whether it be the feminist, the radical feminist movement or the the LGBT movement, what, whatever it be. It's... Um, they, they A lot of these people have good intentions. They, they're compassionate. 
And a lot of times I think rather than, than looking at the facts that God laid before us, the solid rock as we were talking about before, rather than going back to that and then talking about it with these people from that standpoint, they decide to react on emotion. And ideas like postmodernism and nihilism, they're, they're very emotive responses because it's all about your emotions. It's all about what you want, what your emotions are telling you to do. So a yeah, lot of these people, they are look, compassionate. Without standing on the rock. Right, but a lot of these people are compassionate. They're, they're not evil people, but they need to understand that there's a truth that we have to, that our lives have to be structured by. Mm. And so to help them understand this and to help them, or to even help these, these issues of postmodernism, nihilism, um, families being broken apart, all this, what are some biblical solutions you see to helping remedy the situation in our church where we have this kind of uh, this black black hole of f- floating around, black hole of nothingness without a rock to stand on. How, what are some solutions you see from the Bible? Return to truth and affirm that truth. So I think... I think some, at some point there's going to have there's going to come a time where we need an inf- intervention. The conference is going to have to get into some of these universities and have a serious intervention. Maybe it it might take getting rid of some of the faculty or changing curriculum. Who knows? But I think what at, at a, from a fundamental level, what needs to happen is we need to say this is the truth. Anything further from this truth is wrong. This is how you stay structured. This is how you stay this is how you stay civilized. This is how you stay in love with God. Continue to stay in love with his word. I've had friends leave leave the church for more structured churches. So maybe we disagree with several of their things on a biblical level that they got wrong. But because of the chaos they saw in their in their Adventist university, they were driven to order. And that order, wow. be it Catholicism, which is very order-driven, or or um, maybe the, the Orthodox Church, which is even more so, very order, very traditional. They were driven to that because they saw that they were sticking to – they don't change. They're sticking to their beliefs. And so I think that's what we need. That That's actually what people crave is they crave order. They, they crave structure in their life. And yeah, stability. Our, our emotions want us to have whatever we want, but at the, the end of the day, we really desire that structure. We desire that, that solid rock to, to stand on every single day. A family is something to, to stand on, and so is the Bible. And I think that's something that we need to tell people. You're right, because, you know, thinking back to Jesus' life, they would say, never a man spoke like this man. And that was because he spoke the word, he spoke the truth, he, he was the rock, but he also spoke the words of the rock. And uh, what, what he spoke to people was assurance, and he spoke stability. And I think people like that in Jesus because they saw that he, he had structure in his life, he had order. And they saw that they could be comfortable around him because they knew he was unmovable. He was like a big boulder that you couldn't move. Right. Somebody that you could rely <laughs> and, uh, on no matter what. Yeah. And that's... He was yeah. reliable and uh, you, safe. You don't like that friend that you can never rely on to show up on time. <laughs> you like... Right. You want that friend that's always going to be there for you no matter what. 
And um, just yeah. just a couple Bible verses I have here, and if you don't mind me reading them. Um, yeah, I'd love to hear. First, we have John seventeen seventeen. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Um, then we have, uh, let's see here. Romans 12, uh, verse 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And uh, let's see, I had one more here. Of course, and everybody everybody knows this one. John 8, uh, verse 32, And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And nothing is more true Amen. than that. Truth, relying on truth is such a freedom. It, it really is such a that's freedom. That's the total opposite. That's the total opposite of um, what you were saying earlier, nihilism. is earlier saying nihilism sought to destroy the truth to set you free. God seeks to establish his truth to set us free. Absolutely. I think that's the simplest way to put it. Mm-hmm. That's the simplest Amen. way to put it. Well, Stephen, this has been a, a great time talking with you. You really shed some light on uh, what's going on and what issues you're facing with your friends, what other young people are facing. And uh, yeah, I want to thank you for being on Walking Free today. Um, especially, I think it all fit together really well with The Rock and uh, the stability. It's, it's just fantastic. So um, I want to thank you for being here, Stephen. And uh, everyone out there, thanks for listening. And uh, I hope you try to put some of these solutions into practice in your life and, and try to help people gain some stability on their, on, in their lives. So uh, thanks, Stephen. Take care.